1: The best
2: place, write it down, is to be in the center of God's will. The king can't sleep in the palace. Daniel is perfectly restful in the lion's den. By the way, is Daniel in the will of God? Absolutely. Life is not fair. He's right smack dab in the will of God because he obeyed God and forgot all the circumstances. It's better to be there than anybody. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to live. That's what I strive for.
0: Are you walking in the will of God for your life? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to passionately pursue a life centered around God's will. In Daniel 6, he was not phased by the lion's den because he knew he was right in the center of God's will for his life. There is no greater place to be regardless of the circumstances. A life outside of his will communicates that you don't need God that you have it taken care of on your own. This approach couldn't be farther from the truth. The God of the universe wants to guide and direct you through this difficult life. Will you let him? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Lions with Lockjaw.
1: Well, let's read verse
2: 10. Let's see what really happened. Neither one of those things. None of those. There's going to be no compromise. Watch this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees. This is right after the edict came and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Look at these words. Just. As he had done what? Before. See, he didn't do anything different. His whole lifestyle, since he was 15, he prayed three times a day. People knew it. He absolutely would not compromise. He thrived on prayer. That was the place where he met God. And that's what gave him strength through all those years and caused him to have that reputation and godly character, because God would correct him during those times of prayer. Now, notice the first thing he does. He gives thanks to God. Would that be the first thing I would do? I'm thinking about this. God, I've been faithful to you, well, probably 65, 70 years here. And the only thing that is looking me in the face now is death. Death in a lion's den? Just turn to your neighbor and say this right now. Life is not fair. Go right ahead, just, just say it to them. Life is not fair. Anyone want to anyone expand that a while? Just tell us your story for a while. How many know life is not fair? Well, God never promised life to be fair. Now, now, Daniel isn't doing that, but you and I might do that, but what is the first thing he does? He thanks God. Whoa, that's a little different. Now, why'd he do that? Because he knew God. And he knew God could answer prayer. Now, sometimes when we pray, thanking God is not the first thing we do. See, often we never get around to thanking God because we're listing our 28 things that we need. He prays to give thanks first. Now, we know how the story turns out. Daniel didn't know. As he's thinking about this, does Daniel know the outcome? Of course he does. How does he know the outcome? As far as if he obeys God, does he know the outcome? Yeah, what is the outcome? Certain deaths. They had stamped his death approval. He knows if he obeys God, he's done, he's finished. And yet, we don't see in here any anxiety, but I guarantee you. How many of you, if that was you, would be, a, even though you thank God, would be just a little worried and anxious? Could I see your hand? Ah, ah, ah. Exactly. So this choice, actually, there was a little fear, but it really activated his faith because he trusted God. Now, the second thing, not only does he give thanks to God, but now he's saying to God, uh, this is going to be tough, God. I, I need your help. I need your guidance. I need boldness to stand. Daniel never knew this verse, but it's a huge verse for all of us. Paul wrote it. Look at this first statement I want you to write. Prayer is the cure for the disease of anxiety and worry. Every single one of us in the last week have been anxious and worried about something. That's normal life. That's just the way it works. Now, Paul would write, well, the solution to that is not to get more upset. I don't know if some of you are worried about here in Melbourne or there, Sebastian, you guys online. There's things that come into our mind. You say, well, I'm fine today. It might, maybe not tomorrow, because something always happens. A crisis always comes. Now, watch Philippians 4 6. Do not be anxious about what? Anything. Anything. No exceptions. But in everything, by prayer and petition, watch this, here it is again, with thanksgiving. Thank you, God, that I can come to you. Thank you, God, that I can trust you. Thank you, God, I'm anxious about this. You already know it. I'm not playing games. Help me. And present your request to God. In other words, take it off your plate and put it on whose plate? God's. Now, what do we typically do? We'll do that for 10 minutes. Then we take it right back again. So if you're here this morning and you're anxious about something, God just spoke to you. Don't be anxious about it put it in God's hands, cast all your care in him, he cares for you, and leave it there. But continue to thank him that he's going to answer. You don't know how yet. Daniel didn't know how. And thank him and then ask God for help. Now, notice something strange. Maybe you missed it. He prayed toward Jerusalem. You know, the Muslims prayed toward Mecca. Now, why did he pray toward Jerusalem? Because David prayed the Bible. Listen to when the temple was being dedicated. Listen to Solomon, 2 Chronicles. Hear the supplications of your servant and your people Israel when they pray toward this place. That's Jerusalem was the temple, and that was the presence of God in those days. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive forgive. So he knew where to pray for. He was acknowledging where the people were going to go back in 70 years and try to rebuild Jerusalem and, of course, the temple. And this next statement is huge. And I want everybody to think about it, all the campuses, and write it down. What we see in the life of Daniel is this. Daniel's relationship with God was prayer-focused, not crisis-oriented. He said, well, Pastor Mark, what do you mean by that? Well, simply this. There's always times of crisis in our lives. Something's always coming up. And again, like I said, some of you aren't in a crisis today, uh, but uh, the phone rings tomorrow, the lab ritual comes in, the pink slip comes three weeks from now, and all of a sudden, here's a crisis. And many people do this. When a crisis comes, as Christians, what do we do? Oh, I forgot prayer. God, Help! God says, well, I haven't heard from you in about two months. Well, I didn't have a crisis. I'm going to glad that God still hears even when we treat him like that. If not, there's nobody here. So what was Daniel? Daniel did it very different. He was prayer-focused. Three times every day, he went to God. Crisis or no crisis. So it was not weird that during this time of crisis... He goes to God because he just keeps his regular habit of praying. See, if you're only crisis-oriented, you're going to miss out on all the blessings that God has for us. Now, remember, he's 80, and he's still depending on God every single day. He's 900 miles from home. He's been here 65 to 68 years, and he's just as committed as he was when he came. He's very old But he's finishing well. Why? Write these three things down. Many of you have a bracelet on it this morning. He learned to pray first. He learned to pray right. In other words, praying right is simply God's will, not my will. Well, God, I have these four ideas, uh, and I'm pretty sure this is right, so just bless these. No, we're, we're to pray his will on earth as it's done in heaven. You, don't God, you, you never go to God in prayer and say, well, oh, here's God what I want. This is my will. No, you don't pray your will. You pray his will. You pray right. So we pray first. We pray right. And like Daniel, we pray often. Now, this is again, one of those old kind of seal of times. How is your prayer habit in your life? When is the last time you prayed first when you got up in the morning. You shower, have a cup of coffee, sit down. This is for you to answer. Is it a priority in your life? Now, Daniel prayed three times a day. I'm not asking you to pray three times. The Bible doesn't say I have to pray. But by the way, once you pray in the morning, is there any need to pray the rest of the day at all? No, you've covered it, right? I think not. Because there's all kinds of crisis that happened during the day. I got to pray again. Well, of course, it's a relationship. It's a two way conversation with God. Do you only pray at crisis time during the day? Or do you acknowledge that prayer is a deciding factor in spiritual warfare? God is the only one that has wisdom. I need that wisdom from Him. So let me just encourage you this morning make prayer a habit. It doesn't have to be long. But it's something that you start. Try it tomorrow morning. See what happens in that quiet time. Don't let Satan distract you. He knows the power of prayer. Don't make excuses that hinder that intimate time where you can hear from God and God can hear our requests. Now, remember, they already know what Daniel's going to do. Look at verse 11. Then these men went as a group, And found Daniel praying, no surprise to them, and asking God for what? Help. See, when you pray, you're asking God for help. When you don't pray, you think you can help the situation. That doesn't work very well at all. Now, notice this persecution on Daniel is going to absolutely just be persistent Satan never gives up. They go and they watch him. They know when he prays three times a day. They go, they find it. Now, what are they doing? They're going to go right back to the king and go, na, 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 na. Look at verse 12. So they went to the king and they spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone he prays to, any God or man except you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? Now what a stupid thing to make to say to the king who just made the edict? Are they idiots? No, they're just trying to reinforce. Watch this. And the king answered, "The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed." And then they said to the king, Daniel, then Daniel, your favorite one, Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, Jewish, pays no attention to you, O oh, king, most holy one. Or to the decree you put in writing, he still prays. Circle it. He still prays. He still prays three times a day. That was his reputation. He didn't go out and say, you know, I pray three times a day. They discovered that by his lifestyle. And when the king heard this, this is very strange. Pay attention, all the campuses online. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. Now, how can that be? Daniel went against him, and he's not angry. He's what? Distressed. Why? Because Daniel was a man of character. And just like it was with Nebuchadnezzar, when he rose to the top, he became a friend to these godless leaders. That's huge to all of us. And, and, and he, watch what the king does. He was determined to rescue Daniel and make every effort until sundown to save him. See, at this point, what does the king know? He's been totally deceived. The plan they came up with had one outcome. It wasn't for anybody else but who? Daniel. Remember, Satan is the great deceiver. He knows how to work these plans. And Daniel's faithfulness and walk of excellence had caused this king to respect Daniel highly, but there was nothing he could do. Our stance for God and our faith in God influences unbelievers. See, this king had been influenced by what? The character of Daniel. And his faithfulness to his God. That's why he was distressed. You see, do you know this morning, people, unbelievers, are always looking at our lives. And you don't want to be a person that they're making fun of because you call yourself a Christian, but you don't live like one. See, people are looking. Is that guy real? Is that young lady real? Well, Daniel was real. And because of that, this this trauma for the king. Man, I'd like to help. This guy is amazing. But what can he do? He can't do anything. Now, why was Daniel this kind of influence? Number one, he was this influence because he was not a negative, gripey, complaining person. See, if you and I are Christians and we complain about everything. Yeah, the boss made me... Where do you go to church? I'd like to not go there. You say, well, Pastor McGowan was born that way. We were all born that way in sin. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's gripe and complain about it. Amen. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. Some of you go, where's that verse? I like to write it down. <laughs> you don't have to ask before for it. You've been living by it your whole life. No, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's say it together. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. See, that was the positive response that the king saw. He was not a negative person. He didn't tear people down. He he looked for the good in the situation. Let me challenge all of us to be those kind of people. Verse 17. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring. And with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation, watch this, might not be changed. It's over. It's over for Daniel, as far as the king is concerned. So let's walk down this morning into the lion's den. You and I are Daniel. What's going through his mind as he's walking down there? Now, these lions... This is not unusual. These lions roamed the countryside of Mesopotamia, and people feared them. I mean, many of them were 400 pounds and over. They respected that amazing power. And the Persians actually captured these lions for one main reason to execute people. Now, we don't know when Daniel prayed, it's not given to us in the Bible, what God said, if anything, to Daniel. We don't know anything. I'm going to give you some ideas, maybe what God said. Maybe God said like this to Daniel. Daniel, you remember your three friends that went into the fiery furnace? They came out and they didn't get hurt at all. Maybe, Daniel, you'll have your own miracle story to tell. I want you to write this down. Daniel just didn't know about God. Daniel had history with God. I've been a Christian 67 years. I have a lot of history with God. I can tell you this God has never failed me once. He'll never fail you. He always does the right thing. I don't particularly care for his timing, but I've learned it's always best. Always. He always comes through, and you're going to see that in the story. Now, Daniel had for 65 years been faithful. He had history. Now, some of you are brand new Christians. Maybe you're here you know, today and you've been a Christian three months. You already have history with God. You see, many people who become Christians don't believe that God can forgive them for all the crud they've done. And when they come and find out God loves it, just, he takes you right as you are. He, he's not interested in the past. He wants to go forward with you. You go, wow. Well, that's history with God. Uh, and, and what you're going to see this morning, I've learned this in my life. History teaches this about God. And I'm going to say this to you. Nothing is too hard for God. Any den you're in, any hole in the ground you're in, any difficult nothing's too hard for you. With a smile on your face, you negative people force it. With a smile on your face, turn to your neighbor and say, nothing is too hard for our God. Go ahead. Just tell them right now, all of our campuses. Can I thank you believe that? Absolutely. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. He's God. Now, maybe God told Daniel, I have an angel on call ready to come and protect you. That angel is a cat whisperer. (laughs) And he will come to the earth and arrive before you're thrown in. He will be in the lion's den. And when the angel gets there, the first thing he's going to do is call a meeting of the lion's club. (laughs) And here's what the angel will say. Lions, listen up. Your creator has sent me down here to tell you about, tell you guys that the king is about to throw a man in here named Daniel. And God says to you, don't bother him at all. I've been sent here to make sure that you leave him alone. You will not lay one paw on him, or I will strike you with lockjaw for the rest of your life. (laughs) Amen. Amen. We don't know what happened down there, but we know an angel came, and somehow he survives beautifully in this situation. Look at verse 18. As he kind of sealed the pit the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. Isn't that amazing? See, kings, when they couldn't sleep, they bring the musicians in that have some wine, some really good food. He wasn't interested in it. He just couldn't sleep. Why? Because he knows because of his pride, he put Daniel in this place. And he's, he's restless the whole night. Now, on the other hand, Who's having a good night's sleep? Daniel. Daniel. Maybe the, the angel said to one of you, hey, you, you big one there, just lay on your side. And Daniel goes, this is the greatest pillow in all the world. Can I take him home with me after this? I've been laying in this hard rock thing. We don't know. What does that tell me? It's something you need to understand today. The best place, write it down, is to be in the center of God's will. The king can't sleep in the palace. Daniel is perfectly restful in the lion's den. By the way, is Daniel in the will of God? Absolutely. Life is not fair. He's right smack dab in the will of God because he obeyed God and forgot all the circumstances. It's better to be there than anybody. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to live. That's what I strive for. Daniel obeyed God, and he just left the circumstances to God, and he's in this miracle place.
0: Daniel's relationship with God was prayer-focused, not crisis-oriented. How often do we only tap into our relationship with God when we have a problem that needs fixed? Today, we were encouraged by Pastor Mark to pray first, pray right, and pray often. Daniel was dedicated to prayer, even in the midst of threatening times, he was rewarded for it. How regular is your daily quiet time with God? Spend time with the Lord today. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the order a message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the order a message option from the main menu. Would you rather be delivered out of the lion's den or from the lion's den? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners' faith in God, especially in the hard times of life. The best place to be is in the center of God's will, wherever that may take us. Oftentimes, people seek God's help only to eliminate a problem completely. The Lord wants you to trust Him to deliver you through whatever problems you face. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time, as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a